everybody. Welcome to the Phases Points Podcast. I'm Kevin Flanagan, Head of Fixed Income Strategy at Wisdom Tree Asset Management. This week, we have a special guest, Chris Aceto, Chief Executive Officer at Gapsdow Capital Partners. And please note, I'm a registered representative of Foreside Fund Services, LLC, and the discussion is not tied to the offer or investment products, and unless expressly stated otherwise, the opinions, interpretations, or findings expressed herein do not necessarily represent the views of any Wisdom Tree or Foreside affiliates. So, I mean, what a week we had last week in in the markets. And once again, inflation taking center stage beyond the shadow of a doubt, you know, getting another 40 year high in retail price pressures coming in at seven and a half percent. And obviously it changed the narrative um, once again of the Fed and, and what was the beginning of a hawkish pivot back in December of last year in the first, so let's call it six weeks of the new calendar year went from a hawkish pivot to all of a sudden we're looking at pricing in. Remember, this is pricing in. It's not necessarily mean it's going to happen, but nevertheless, it's market expectations of potentially a 50 basis point or a half a point rate hike in March, followed by additional rate hikes throughout the year where for a total Now, you're looking at implied probability for Fed funds futures at six to seven rate hikes. We started the year at about three. So we've more than doubled that just within the last six weeks. And what's fascinating is we've even had yield levels moving up uh, to areas we haven't seen, obviously, since pre-pandemic. And and you actually went through the 2% threshold on the U.S. Treasury 10-year yield. But, you know, I'm looking at these yield levels, and and maybe it's because I've been doing this for about 30 years. I'm still saying, you know something? Current rate levels are still historically low. And if the Fed does give you six or seven rate hikes this year, remember, they're starting from zero. So we're still looking at a very historical low rate environment here in the U.S. And and one area that I wanted to talk about, which is why we brought Chris on, was alternative credit and and looking at alternative credit in the kind of an environment we're, we're at now where perhaps we can find or look for yield in a rising rate environment. So Chris, thanks for coming on. And I was hoping that you could first, you know, before we go a little bit into perhaps what alternative credit does or tends to do in a rising rate environment, just give us a little sense, just give us a little background. When we're talking about alternative credit, what are we talking about? Very good. Uh, Good morning, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah, at the the heart of it is a a definition. Um, I think it first starts with um, what is alternative credit not, um, which is traditional investment grade fixed income. So um, that is uh, a, a, a you know, higher credit rating issues, particularly by corporate institutions um, that, you know, command the, the tightest of, of spreads. Um, alternative credit are opportunities that are different than that, but still within the world of debt. Um, and to be more specific, um, alternative credit is a broader um, umbrella phrase we use, at least at Gapstow, to refer to a range of debt oriented investments that have a higher yield, return, and risk profile than do uh, traditional, um, so to speak, investment grade opportunities. 
So, I mean, when we're looking at alternative credit, I mean, I'm focusing on what what kind of relationship does it have in a rising rate environment? Does it have one? Is it is it interest rate sensitive? Is it is it move like with the Bloomberg Barclays ag? Does it get impacted by higher rates or perhaps there's little or no correlation? Could you weigh in on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. And, and it's a very different product property than traditional fixed income. I'm sure many of the audience today are familiar with the fact that um, traditional fixed income instruments are harmed by rising rates. And by harmed, I mean um, having prices pushed down. That for a given interest rate, if the general level of interest rates rise in the environment, um, prices have to fall in order to push up the yield relative to what that market rate um, would be. Um, rates up, bond prices down, as we as we know. Um, and, and that's a duration effect, um, interest rate sensitivity. So many traditional fixed income um, investments are not well placed um, to deliver returns in a, in a rising rate environment. But not all debt is interest rate driven. The alternative credit sectors have much less sensitivity. Now, there's going to be a broad set of opportunities with an alternative credit, but some of them are floating rate, um, whether those be private loans made to corporations or to commercial real estate developers or broadly syndicated bank loans, so to speak, that the rates that they earn actually adjust relative to um, the interest rate environment. They will go higher if interest rates um, go higher overall. And some other investments have less of uh, a sensitivity because they're either they're hedged or because credit rates uh, spreads dominate um, the sensitivity to, to interest rate and spread environment relative to uh, interest rates overall. So if you looked at a collective portfolio, Kevin, of alternative credit between the less sensitive to the floating rate, to the uh, to 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 the slightly sensitive to interest rate investments, I would put a well-designed alternative credit portfolio as having very little interest rate sensitivity overall. Um, at Gapstow, we create an index that kind of tracks a lot of the alternative credit world. And if you do look historically, um, that correlation to interest rates is not that far away from zero overall, whereas if you looked at the Barclays aggregate, um, as we all know, that's uh, you know, a 0.9 type, uh, 0.8 type correlation to interest rates. So, I mean, so that's that's the first part of this equation, right? Trying to find a solution that has less sensitivity to rates. So, like, checking off that box. So, the second box is then trying to find yield. And, and Chris, you mentioned um, Glacy, your index, and, and Wisdom Tree partnered with Gapstow uh, to create the Wisdom Tree Alternative Income Fund. The ticker is H-Y-I-N, and for those of you listening out there, you can get more information on H-Y-I-N, and please visit us at wisdomtree.com. But what about yield? I mean, where do we find that? And so when you're focusing on rate levels, yield levels, we, we tend to look at something known as the SEC 30-day yield, which is really just the yield reflecting dividends and interest earned during a period, um, deducting out the fund's expenses. And 
at last look when we were going to the podcast here, the SEC 30-day yield for HYIN was a little bit over 8.5%. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about once again getting back here, circling back to the whole premise of this podcast, trying to find yield in a still low-yielding environment and trying to reduce that sensitivity to rates. It looks like 8.5% and you have little correlation specifically to the Bloomberg Barclays Ag. It seems to me as perhaps, Chris, we may have found something here. <laughs> well, I, I told you, Kevin, alternative credit has a very different uh, profile than, uh, than does traditional fixed income. And uh, we, we can debate which is better for clients. Uh, sometimes people like taking interest rate sensitivity and, and some of the other features of traditional fixed income. But alternative credit offers a really interesting opportunity, I would argue, in a return like this. And and, and no surprise, Kevin, I think if you follow the the institutional market, so institutional investors like pension plans, endowments and foundations, um, they are flocking to alternative credit for many of the uh, attributes that we're describing here today, that this is emerging really as a, as a, as, as a complement to traditional fixed income or sometimes even its own asset class because these these properties are so different. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great point. And, and, and kind of to end it here, I mean, the challenges remain for fixed income investors and to look perhaps something a little bit more innovative that isn't thought of uh, in the traditional fixed income sense. That's why I wanted to have you on, Chris, to talk about alternative credit and to provide us with a little bit more detail on that and, and serving as a complement for your portfolio. I thought that was so well spoken. So, Chris, once again, it was great having you on. I look forward to having you on again in the future. Kevin, thank you. Always ready to talk alt credit. Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of the week and be well. And before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at wisdomtree.com. Read it carefully. Performance is historical and does not guarantee future results. Current performance may be lower or higher than quoted. Investment returns and principal value of an investment will fluctuate so that an investor's shares, when redeemed, may be worth more or less than their original cost. For the most recent month and performance, go to wisdomtree.com. A link to standardized performance is provided in the audio description. The fund invests in alternative credit sectors through investments in underlying closed-end investment companies, CEFs, including those that have elected to be regulated as business development companies, BDCs, and real estate investment trusts, REITs. BDCs generally invest in less mature private companies which involve greater risk than well-established publicly traded companies and are subject to high failure rates among the companies in which they invest. By investing in REITs, the fund is exposed to the risk of owning real estate, such as decreases in real estate value, overbuilding, increased competition, and other risks related to local or general economic conditions. Higher yielding securities or junk bonds may be less liquid and present more credit risk than investment grade bonds. The price of high yield securities tend to be more susceptible to issuer specific operating results and outlook and to real or perceived adverse economic and competitive industry conditions. Distributor, Foresight Fund Services, LLC.